Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms to be encouraged, nurtured, and inspired. Also, you'll learn the latest in teen research and trends and get practical parenting tips. You really can improve your relationship with your teen and enjoy the teenage years. Welcome back, everybody, to the 84th episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. I'm Colleen O'Grady, the host of the show. You're going to really love this episode. It's full of practical advice, and it's going to help you dial down the drama around dinner time so you can create the experience around the dinner table that you keep hoping for every single day. See, there are predictable times that family drama will rear its ugly head, and unfortunately, it's around dinner time and the dinner table. If the food prep falls under your shoulders, you may be dreading planning one more dinner. You may feel like you're just out of ideas, especially in this time of COVID when all of us have spent way more time in our homes. You may feel unappreciated. Your teens and your husband may criticize your food choices. And by the time you sit around the table, well, it's not a pleasant experience with your teens and sometimes even your spouse. Your teen looks at this well-thought-out healthy meal you've prepared and goes to the cabinet and pulls out cocoa puffs or cheese puffs. And so you get resentful or take it personal or think, why bother? If your dinner time is the highlight of everyone's day, you'll still want to listen to this episode for some new food recipes. Our guest today is a mom of three teenagers. So she is right there in the trenches with all you moms out there. I'm so excited. We have a special guest today. Marcia Smart is a food writer, recipe developer, and culinary instructor based in Houston, where I live. She has taught cooking classes for 20 years and contributed articles and recipes to Cooking Light, Sunset, Parenting, The Houston Chronicle, and others. On her blog, Smart in the Kitchen, Marcia shares simple, delicious recipes and free weekly meal plans. So welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, I think moms are going to really enjoy this. So, um, so tell me, you, uh, I know you have kids. Can you tell us the ages of your kids? Yes, they are 12 and in seventh grade, um, 14 in ninth grade and 16 and she's a junior. So girl, boy, girl. Okay. So you're not just like the, you know, single person that has no family. You have a big family. (laughs) Yes. I cook for four other people besides myself every day. (laughs) Okay. And you have three teenagers. So you are perfect to be on our show. Uh, So let's just start with this. So what is meal planning? Okay. So meal planning is different than meal prep. It's basically just taking 20 minutes on the weekend or whenever you want to do it and planning out your meals for the week ahead. Um, just what you're planning to make for that night. Or as I tell people, you can even meal plan to get takeout one night, but you have a plan and you know what you're having for dinner. Okay. Um, so when do you tend to do that? For me, it's Sunday afternoon. It's a quiet time around our house. 
my teenagers are looking at any homework that they need to finish up for Monday. My husband is usually watching sports or reading the newspaper. It's like a blissful moment of quiet time before (laughs) dinner. (laughs) Okay. That's awesome. So when did you start meal planning? I started, I think when my kids were probably, they were in lower school, maybe five, seven, and nine. It was right when that older one started doing some after-school activities. And then my middle maybe had like a music class to go to or something else in the afternoons. And we were driving around like crazy. Life started to get a little bit more logistically complicated. And in order to have the ingredients I wanted to make dinner, I needed to make a plan, carve out one day a week that I shopped and and then I could execute. But without that plan, I have always worked also. So between working in chunks of time that I have and taking care of kids, dinner would have been a lot of either scrambled eggs or pasta <laughs> and my favorite jarred marinara. <laughs> my poor daughter grew up on mac and cheese out of a box because of that. <laughs> I mean, I love it. I'm a fan of everything from like mac and cheese, you know, box mac and cheese to a super gourmet French dinner. So there's nothing off limits for me, which is probably a problem. <laughs> yes. Um, so like, like, what was the difference for you? Like, um, like between not having a meal plan and having a meal plan, what did you notice is the difference? So I think for me, it puts out a fire in advance. It's the time of day. I tend to just be sort of tired like so many other people. I besides, and this is just an aside, I have Hashimoto's and low thyroid. And sometimes by the end of the day, I can't keep my eyes open. I am so tired and so done. And then kids are asking you questions. They're doing homework. Things are kind of falling off the rails. Um, But I just, I started meal planning because I really wanted to cook dinner for my family. It was important to me to have dinner as a family and having a plan really has been the key to success. Like, how did you feel when you had a meal plan versus not having one? It's like a weight off my shoulders for me because also it forces me to look at the schedule for the week ahead. So it helps me get organized, not just for what we're having for dinner, but all of a sudden I realize, oh my gosh, we have, you know, when back when they were playing sports, how am I going to get this one to a, you know, club soccer, this one across town to a basketball game and pick up my other child from school? Like logistically, it helped me work out the whole week in advance on Sunday So I would go into the week feeling more calm. And I know myself when I'm more calm, I'm more calm with my kids. I'm not stressed. Yeah. So would you say that like a meal plan can dial down the drama? It does in my family because for a few, for a couple different reasons. So I've always operated this way and For me, I love cooking and testing new recipes. So my kids have grown up, you know, always eating. And my rule was always, you had to try whatever I made for dinner. Um, But having a plan 
really dials down the drama at our dinner table because I always ask my kids for input. I always, now that they're older and they all have cell phones, we have a group text and I text everyone and say, does anyone have any requests for dinner? They know it's coming every Sunday. Sometimes it's like, nope. Sometimes one person writes back like, yes, please make, you know, enchilada casserole or whatever it is. Um, And if they have a request, I try to incorporate it. And so they know that they've sort of been heard, um, unless it's something super complicated that they've requested. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, that's a little too intense for a Tuesday night. Can we do that (laughs) like next weekend? But I usually try to incorporate what they ask for. And so I think mealtimes are like, not just me making what I want and forcing it on them. It's a family decision. That's really, really good. You know, one, one of the themes in my work, in my book, Doubt and the Drama, and in this podcast is I really want to help moms to be more intentional versus being reactive. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we all know as moms, being reactive does not feel good. And I've heard so many moms who are like, oh my gosh, I've got to cook dinner and I don't, uh, I don't have the groceries. Oh my gosh. And, uh, and the kids don't, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it just takes the joy out of the meal. It does. And I, I always encourage people to have a backup plan for what I call emergency dinners, mm-hmm. which are like, I also on my website, I call them stupid easy. There's a blog post on stupid easy dinners, but just those nights when like for whatever reason, it's been a day Uh or your child has had a day. And so sometimes you need to abandon the plan and put in a decent tasting, you know, frozen cauliflower crust pizza in the oven and make a salad and pour yourself a glass of wine. You know, it's, it's okay to be forgiving when it falls off the rails. Oh, I love that. I do think like you're setting an intention and I'm, I love cooking. It's a creative outlet for me, but I know for some people it's stressful. They feel like they're doing it wrong or they, you know, are really anxious about following a recipe to a T and, I think that's hard for moms. I really would love to just tell all moms to like take it easy on themselves and and cook easy recipes. And you don't have to reinvent the wheel every week. It can be a few family favorites that you rotate with little tweaks to make them different. Okay. So I want to go, um, a couple of things I want to say, but um, for the moms out there, which like me, who kind of reach for the, boxed um, mac and cheese. What are some of the uh, stupid, easy recipes? Okay. So, and some of these are things that like, if you have a Trader Joe's near you, there are some items that I love from Trader Joe's that are not like prepared dinners. They're not like frozen meals, but they're things that you can keep in your freezer to make super quick dinners. Like frozen um, spinach tortellini. It has a decent amount of vegetables in it. And if you eat pasta, you can use that in tortellini soup, in an easy baked, you don't even have to pre-cook the tortellini. You can mix it with some Rayo's marinara 
and bake it into like a casserole. And I usually like toss in some fresh spinach with that too. Or um, having those frozen pizza skins. So you can buy good Italian style pizza skins and make like a homemade pizza for dinner. And then also just having like frozen portions of meals that you've made before. So like if I ever make a homemade meat sauce for pasta, I make a double recipe because you're not, it's not taking you much extra effort to make a double recipe. And then like those weeks when I can pull something from my freezer, put it in the refrigerator the night before and know that dinner is like going to be super easy the next night is such a win. Um, but I have a bunch of ideas. If people go to my website, Smart in the Kitchen, and put in Trader Joe's, um, there the posts will come up and there are a bunch of ideas in there. Oh, that's great. I'm sure there are a lot of moms out there who are raising their hand for stupid easy. I love that. I love that. I, I'm raising my hand. Um, one of the things that I really liked that you said, and this is a really good way of dialing down the drama, is text your kids every week and so that they have a chance to kind of buy in to the meals. Mm-hmm. So then if they can buy in before the week starts, then I'm sure that eliminates a lot of the protesting. I think it makes them more respectful of their siblings or dad's pick too, because mm. they know their dinner's coming. Um, so oh, they that's have a great ch- point. Yeah. So like they had a chance and if they didn't put in a suggestion, then, you know, no comments <laughs> are allowed because they had a chance to request something. And I really think this is different than I know so many moms who don't want to be short order cooks. Like, you know, each one of their kids wants something different for dinner. And I have always had a pretty hard no about that. Um, cause I just think it's not fair for moms and our kids are not going to starve. And I think we provide them with, you know, plenty of options. Um, and one of the rules that I instituted early on with my kids is if they didn't like dinner and I'm sort of understanding of that because I love food, but I'm also, you know, I'm in the food world. I've worked, I've gone to culinary school. Like I don't like everything I eat all, all the time. And I like some things better than others. And it's like a really tactile and um, joyful thing to me to eat something I love. So they might not like everything I like. It's so subjective. So it's never been, I guess I'm sort of understanding when they don't like something, even if I do, mm-hmm. but my rule is like, you cannot be rude about that. You can't make these, oh, this is so gross comments because, you know, <laughs> someone planned, someone shopped, someone prepped, cooked, someone's going to clean. It's a lot of effort, time, money. There's nothing worse than wasting food. So if they've really tried something and they don't care for it, they know they can get up and make themselves a sandwich or a bowl of cereal. I just, I really don't like them making like mac and cheese or pasta because it's another pot to clean. And as much as they say they will clean it, 
nine times out of 10, they don't, (laughs) (laughs) or it's like more energy for me to follow up and make them clean it. So if they want to make something else, it's fine, but I like it to be something that doesn't require dishes. That's so smart (laughs) that you're giving such good practical advice. I I love that you said, no, it is. This is great because I do, I do hear moms really struggling with the short order cook. Like, do, do I cook something else I want her to eat or I want him to eat? And it's usually the girls that are more picky, Mm -hmm. but then they're resentful about doing that. They're totally resentful Mm -hmm. that they're being the short order cook. So Another component here, moms, that's working is um, is being super clear. Marsha is super clear with her kids up front. That is going to eliminate a lot of the drama. When everybody sends on their group text, I want this, I want that, like you said, they know they'll get their time on one night. Mm-hmm. Like they'll get their favorite dish. Right. And I love that you just, you're just putting a good boundary in there. It's not okay to be rude. And the thing I want to add to this, moms, is that this is the time of day, and you were kind of mentioning this, Marcia, is that you can totally unravel. If you don't plan ahead and you do put this time in and the time you didn't have and you have been working all day and then you're working hard on this meal and you're having to go to the grocery store to pick up stuff that you didn't have in the house, and you put all this effort in, and then a kid is rude, which will happen, <laughs> then um, you take it personally. Oh, my God. And you're like, I work, and I cook for you, and, and, and it can just blow up. And because, Mom, you have no reserves because it's the end of the day, I'm going to tell you what is normal is that your kids will not like, like Marcia, you were saying, they're not going to like all your meals. And if we can just get you planning ahead and and just kind of, you know, expecting that there, there are going to be days that they're going to just say, yuck, but don't take that personally. Mm-hmm. And then I think what I like in terms of your clarity, what you said is some days are just, especially with COVID, are just awful. Mm-hmm. We're having some awful days. And then just giving yourself permission, mom, that if you're having an awful day to reach for the Trader Joe stupid easy <laughs> recipes. And that is totally okay. And you're totally a good mom if you do that. Yes. I had someone message me the other day that said, I'm such a bad mom. I've just been feeding my kids drive through dinners because I don't have the energy anymore. I'm like, you are not a bad mom. Like we all are just trying to get by. There was one night during COVID. I had my meal plan. I think it was a Thursday night because I was done. I didn't ask anyone's opinion. I didn't ask my husband what he thought. I got in my car. I drove to my favorite barbecue place, got takeout and came home. And everyone was like, wait, what is, what, why are you, is this dinner? I was like, yes, I couldn't cook. I wanted to go pick it up. I'm tired. This is dinner. (laughs) It's okay. That's so good. Okay. So I do think that moms can tie themselves up into knots around meals. 
in terms of feeling guilty about it or feeling shame about it. So what, what can you say to these moms who tend to feel some guilt or shame of those sorts of things? I hate that so much. It just makes me so sad because there are, there are so many demands on moms. And I think we all need to be forgiving of ourselves. And I have my own set of guilt and shame probably around other things that we, you know, we have so many things on our plate. But I think what I tell people when they're first starting to meal plan, because this has been a routine for us for years. So it's a routine now. We, everyone knows to expect it. But if you're, if you're going to try this and you're going to try to meal plan, only plan out three meals per week to start and, and continue doing what you do on those other days. But plan maybe Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday just to start and just to get yourself going. So you're not like demanding too much of yourself. Um, and I just, I just think like you are, your intention is to feed your family. So just know that you're coming at this from a place of providing for your family. Like we all want our kids to be healthy and have a good meal and, and we're doing the best we can. Um, I don't know. I wish I could just take that away from moms. Like when I, when I get those comments in cooking classes, like you probably cook every night for your kids. I'm like, I went to culinary school. Like I was professionally trained for this. Do not expect so much of yourself. I'm sure there's moms out there that are doctors, that are lawyers, that are amazing, like read to their kids every night. Like there are some nights where I'm like, I know I'm supposed to, when they were younger, like, I know I'm supposed to read to you, but I just want to go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love what you're saying. So, okay. So if, if a mom has never put a meal plan together, how do you start? How do you, well, you just, you said the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday thing. What what other, what other things can they do? Okay. A couple quick tips that I like to give people is come up with um, sort of a theme to each night just to make the planning process go quicker. So you're not like thinking of every possible recipe in the world. So for us on Monday, that's always meatless Monday. And I started that about three or four years ago and it was not popular when I first started it. (laughs) I have a lot of meat eaters in my family, but they've gotten used to it. So Monday night is, you know, 99% of the time a meatless dinner. It could be a vegetable soup. It could be um, miso soup. My family loves, it could be veggie tacos. It could, you know, anything meatless. Then Tuesday for me is always taco Tuesday. It's either, it's either traditional tacos or it's like taco salad, or it could be, um, like more like a Korean short rib taco, or it could be fish tacos. I mean, any multitude of Mexican food is fine with my family. So that it could just be ground beef tacos every week and they'd be fine with that. Wednesday, I usually, for whatever reason, Wednesday has kind of become my slow cooker day. I used to always teach cooking classes in person on Wednesday. So I was like cooking all day, prepping all day, then picking up kids, doing homework. And so I loved it when I had something I could throw in early in the day and it was done. Um, and then for me, Thursday is always a sheet pan or one pot meal because I am done doing dishes, um, on Thursday and my energy level is just like 
my son in the middle has ADHD. I have to help him stay on task. Like I'm like, okay, it is my, my last night of like monitoring homework and I'm, I've almost made it to the weekend. So Thursdays are my hardest night to cook dinner. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. And what do you tend to do for the weekends? So weekends, usually um, Saturday, my husband and I try to go on a date night. We haven't been doing that quite as much lately. So maybe it's, you know, takeout that night. Maybe it's like a super easy, casual pizza delivery if we're home. Um, or it's just a last minute, like, Hey, let's grill and, you know, make steaks. And it's a little bit more, it's nice for me to have one night where I'm like, okay, what sounds good? What are we doing? Um, and then Sundays are tricky because I don't love grocery shopping on Sundays because it's so crazy. Yeah. So I typically shop on Mondays for the week. Um, so on Sunday, it's either like my husband braves the grocery store and sometimes he'll cook on Sunday nights, which is, he's a great cook, but he's a super messy cook and likes to use like every pot and utensil in the house. So sometimes I ban him from cooking. I love it when he grills because everything stays outside. Um, but Sundays are kind of like, we see what we have that needs to be used up or you know, it's another wild card. So the weekend is kind of a break from the routine for all of us. And then Monday's back to routine. I like that. So you have kind of some planned spontaneity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that is, this is great stuff. <laughs> is there anything else that you can think about in terms of like with your kids that can kind of help dial the drama down around food? Any, yes. any other suggestions? So one thing for me is it's more the drama around dinner time. So okay. one of our rules is no devices come. A lot of times we eat at our kitchen island. Like we're not even really sitting down at the table, but I, you know, someone throws out placemats and we're all kind of sitting around together. Um, absolutely no phones come to that dinner or iPads or computers or anything else. They are put away. Um, And I just kind of, this actually came up after a sermon I heard at my church, I think in like 2014 or 2015 about family dinner. And I thought this was such a poignant, how do you say that? Poignant? Poignant? (laughs) Powerful? (laughs) I thought this, I thought this was such a powerful thing to remember Um, it's just, it's not the time to have like really difficult conversations with one of your kids, like, let it be a break. Let it be like a respite from the stress of school. Like it's, I try to remember and sometimes I forget too, but I try not to say like, Hey, how was that science test today? Or like, you know, how was the game or anything that might even put unperceived pressure on them. Um, it's not the time to like lecture them on anything. And um, I try just to, and sometimes it goes awry. Like sometimes, you know, my kids fight and sometimes the younger yells that the older one talked over her or that we're not listening. 
So it's, but it's easier to keep it calm if we're not asking really hard questions for them. And then another thing we used to do when they were little is um, we would ask all of them if they had a rose or a thorn from the day. Mm. And we still do it. And they kind of make fun of me. Um, They're like, oh my gosh. But they answer it. And it gets them talking. And then my youngest invented something called a leaf, which is just a funny story you want to share. So she's always like, I have a leaf. (laughs) Oh, that's great. it's just a way to get them talking. And, and I think it's, it's great mental health for them to know that there's a time where they're having face-to-face conversation with people who care about them. And it's not through a screen. And it's just, especially now when they're on Zoom for school mm. for so many hours, it's, it's really nice to have a break. Yeah. I completely agree with you in terms of those no hard questions or no conflict, bringing up anything that's a difficult discussion. Because if you think about it, or I'm going to have you think about it, is food is an experience and you want to be able to enjoy the food. And you also want to be able to enjoy the conversation and enjoy the experience And there is so much natural drama through the day. And to have one time of day that is what I call the safe zone. It's just safe to just be, laugh about something really silly. I would just let even let your kids know we're not going to bring up anything that's hard or difficult during dinner. So I think that's really good. And I think I like what you say, Marcia, is that that you can come up with your own thing that you kind of talk about as a family. So if it's, what would you call it again? Your Roses and thorns. Roses and thorns. <laughs> it could be roses and thorns. You know, it could be what's new and good in your life. And they'll mm-hmm. make fun of that. So I, I love that you say they'll make fun of it, but they'll make fun of it, but they'll do it often. Mm-hmm. I also love like hypothetical questions, especially right now, because it's fun to dream, but I'm always asking them, okay, if you could travel one place in the world right now, because we all love to travel and go on trips together. And it's fun to hear what they say. You know, my son said once this summer, I want to go to Bora Bora. I'm like, how do you even know about (laughs) Bora Bora? I want to go to Bora Bora. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. All right. So do you have any other wisdom or last piece of advice for our moms around food and meals and all of that? Well, I think if you just try not to make, make it an issue, like some people have asked me or said comments about like, I bet your kids eat so healthy or I bet they're, you know, I bet they're such healthy eaters because you cook all the time. But they still want to go through Whataburger just like everyone else's teenager. Um, And I try not to make too much of an issue of it because I don't want to make an issue of what they want to eat. So we've never had a ton of drama over what they're eating because whatever's in the house, if I bought it and brought it home, that's my fault. If I'm going to complain that they eat it, it's, it's hard to expect them to have self-control all the time. 
Um, cause I don't <laughs> No, That's um, a really good point. I just, I don't know. I think it's, it's so hard. Um, and we've talked about this. I'm such a fan of your podcast and everything, but I struggle with getting my teens to exercise enough and my teens eat, but probably eat too much, you know, because they like what they're eating. So <laughs> we all have our issues and I just think we all deserve extra grace right now. I completely agree. It, it is very helpful to, and this goes with uh, don't take things personally, is to know what's normal is that kids or teens will often like junky food. And not be surprised about that or uh, or they can get really picky or they can say, I'm just totally vegan, you know, for the month. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they can flip flop around that. You know, I, I had one of my clients, 16, and she was vegan for a year and she said, I ate a cheeseburger. But <laughs> so the flip flop. And if you know, um, not don't take those things personally and. And like you said, some days you can set up a really nice experience and then something just sideswipes it and it just goes south. Mm-hmm. But just giving yourself some grace, it's not going to be 100% awesome. And just go, well, we can try again tomorrow. Definitely. How can these moms, you know, find you and kind of what resources do you have for them? And because um, I bet they'd like to know. Okay. Well, I'm here to help. Honestly, I love getting DMs from people. I email people recipes all the time and I honestly want to help out. So they can go to my website, which is smartinthekitchen.com. And if they sign up for my newsletter, which is at the top of the homepage, or if they just go to smartinthekitchen.com backslash newsletter, they will get my free weekly meal plan. Um, and then I post a new easy recipe about every other week. Um, and then I have years of meal plans. So you can literally search whole 30 meal plan or holiday meal plan or Easter meal plan or whatever. And, um, a bunch of options will show up that you can brainstorm with and, and tweak and make your own. Um, and then I'm on Instagram and it's smart in the kitchen And sometimes I post recipes in the caption that I just know I'm not going to have time to get up on my blog. um, And I really want to share right away. So I'm, I'm on Instagram way too much. And (laughs) I also have a Facebook group um, called smart in the kitchen. um, If anyone is interested in joining that. So I would love to have, you know, any of your listeners join me and I would love to help. That's awesome. That sounds like great resources for you moms. So I would definitely do that and um, get your stupid, easy recipes. <laughs> I'm going to have to update that with some new ones now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm sure you have all sorts of recipes. And it's so fun that you are a culinary, would you call yourself a foodie? So foodie, I... I don't know. I, I'm so funny about that phrase, but yeah, probably, um, foodie. And there's a funny, when you've been to culinary school, but you don't own your own restaurant, 
you're technically not a chef. So people will introduce me sometimes as a chef and I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not a chef. I've never owned and ran my own restaurant, but I love to cook and I'm a culinary instructor. So I think when you live in this world and it's your industry, you get a little too close to it. Yeah. Um, but I love food. I will say that. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. Uh, this has been awesome and I appreciate your time. Thank you. This concludes this week's episode of Power Your Parenting Moms and Teens podcast. If this podcast has been helpful, I would absolutely love it if you could go to Apple Podcasts and give Power Your Parenting Moms and Teens podcast a five-star review. This makes it easier for other moms like you to find the support and encouragement they need. Also, my best-selling and award-winning book, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict, Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, A Guide for Mothers Everywhere. You can find that and order it online at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And you can always find other great resources and contact me at ColleenOGrady.com, two L's and two E's. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.